short time ago, an American airplane dropped one bomb on Hiroshima. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this. The American people, I think, is good people. They are. They have not to charge with the guilty of all the lies. Back to the Cold War podcast, episode 220, Korean War episode, part fucking who knows. Infinity, Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hey, how you doing there, buddy? You hanging in there? Yeah, doing doing good. Um, You over your COVID symptoms yet? I I didn't ask. uh, I was near, uh, wanted to kill myself for two and a half weeks, and then the second half of the third week i was better but my attitude and, and you're not going to believe this but my attitude and my enthusiasm for practically everything except for edibles and uh soft core porn uh gone uh heather and i were joking about we don't care about anything we don't care about each other we don't care about third world nothing so we got better physically and it took another week before we actually gave a fuck about anything so very weird experience i don't recommend it to anyone Please don't get COVID. Mm. Okay. Whereas you were over it in two days. You just yeah. you just went. Yeah. Day and you and were over it. Yeah. Day and, oh, now you're just showing off. Yeah. Yeah. Penis power. Back to Korea. Um, yes, last please. episode, we were talking about um, the U.S. had an opportunity to pull out at the end of 1950, right. 1951. They kind of wanted to pull out if they could do it. Yes. Uh, in a way that wouldn't backfire on them politically. January opinion poll, 1951, said that about 50% of Americans believed that going in there had been a mistake and 66% considered the U.S. should now get out. Right. But as I said at the end of the last episode, um, they decided, yeah, we could, but we're not going to. (laughs) MacArthur's like, I can turn this around. Yeah. I think I could. I think I have All the I savvy is, political. Yeah. Yeah. I have yeah. the savvy. All I need is 26 <laughs> nuclear bombs. That's. <laughs> and the like, courage. Could, could you push a 26 buttons and each time a nuclear weapon goes off? Well, no, you, you have just, to push one. No, one. you just, you, you'd get them all daisy chained. So you only press right, one. That'd just, be too much whoop. work. I mean, I don't want to work too hard. If I'm going to kill a couple of million people. I just want to press one button. <clears throat> if I, if I wanted to work that hard, I wouldn't be a podcaster. Exactly. Yes. Um, you know, they, this old saying about the pharaohs is that, you know, anyone can be a pharaoh and build pyramids if you've got enough slaves. Uh, also anyone can win a war if you've got enough nuclear weapons, really. Yes. That's, Basically true. But they ended up deciding that MacArthur needed to recover some lost ground and improve his military position, even if they're going to pull uh, out. We, they right. wanted to pull out from a position of reasonable yes. strength. Yeah. It's so we very hard like to negotiate when you're in the taint of Korea. Right. Uh, no one negotiates from the taint. No, you can't negotiate you, from the taint. You beg. You beg from the taint. That's pretty yeah. much all you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You want taint to work baby. your way up to at right. least the vajayjay, and and eventually sure. maybe and then the the, yeah. the pop your head up the Bristol region. If you can get up to the <laughs> Bristol region, you can at least look them in the eyes, depending on the size right. of sea breasts. Uh, sure. You can look them in the sure. eyes when you're having a negotiation. If your if your nose yeah. is down in the taint. Right. That's when you it's, refer to her as mistress. Yes, mistress. Whatever you say, mistress. <laughs> Uh, can I, do I have permission to speak mm, mistress? Oh, I yeah, don't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Can I yeah. take the ball gag out now, mistress, so I can lick your taint? <laughs> you, you can't negotiate from the taint. Okay. Are we doing war or are we doing sex? Cause I'm confused and I'm getting turned on. What the hell cam? Anyway. So, but, but, but <clears throat> let me ask you this. Do you give Truman credit? He's like, okay, so we're not going to do the nuclear thing. I would like this to end maybe kind of the way it started with the 38th parallel. I just got to get into a good position so I can actually pitch that idea without looking like a, a taint sniffer. So I, I don't know. At least I give him that. But at least he's not going full nuclear and giving MacArthur what he wants. Not yet. I mean, he is saying publicly that all options are open. So, I mean, he hasn't yes. given him the green light yet, but he's also 
not right. uh, you're not giving him a hard no yet either right. on that. It's sort of a wait and see, Jesus. wait and see, a hold. Right. Yeah. Uh, they also decided, the US this is, to support a UN resolution calling for an immediate ceasefire. Now, oh, that's good. my favourite, I don't know about you, but my favourite time to call for a ceasefire in a battle is right. when I'm losing, right? I mean, I, I, like, I've tried it many ways, but usually if I'm winning, <laughs> right. I have found that time strategically time. calling a timeout is not the thing to do. You, you, when you're down in the taint, when you've been pushed right, down yes. to the taint, then right. an like ceasefire. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm not Jim, happy. Jimmy's not happy. Uh, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> Jimmy's getting angry. <laughs> you, you, you really don't want to. <laughs> yeah. You really don't want to. Uh, Keep going. You, you, you want to call for right. a, a, a timeout yeah. when you're in the tank. Right. That's what like I found. Rethink. Yeah. So, you know what you haven't mentioned in the last episode? It's not like we mentioned the UN a whole bunch. So thank goodness they're finally getting involved because their job, the very nature of the UN, is to either make sure shit like this doesn't happen or help stop it when it does happen. So good for the UN. I'm excited about this next part. <laughs> yeah. So... They're partly supporting this ceasefire because, A, they're in the taint, and partly because they want to appease their allies and the people right. back home who wanted them to pull out. They want to be able to say, all right, for fuck's sake, yeah. shut up. I will, <laughs> I will, I'll try. Like, I don't think they're going to buy yeah. it, quite frankly, but I'll try for a ceasefire. Yeah. Don't blame me if they don't buy it. I yeah. mean, I'm going to. I'll do I'll, my part. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll keep my yeah. side of the street clean here. Right. But they made sure that it was crafted in a way that they believed China would reject. Brilliant. Exactly Absolutely. the same way as a few years earlier when they offered Russia an opportunity to take part in the Marshall Plan. Right. But did it in a way they knew they would reject. Right. Uh, so you can claim victimhood. Yeah. I offered to yeah. help. You and he saw me. me away. You yeah. saw me. Yeah. I, I reached my hand of friendship out. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Did it contain. I mean, it was my penis. Same thing, though. Yeah. Right. <laughs> did it contain a gun? Yes, it did. But that's beside the point. I put my hand <laughs> towards them. Yes. Mm. Yes. Um. The, the peace fire, the peace fire, the ceasefire that they they were supporting didn't call right. for a removal of all foreign troops. Is that China, important? Well, it, it turns out, you know, who knew? <laughs> uh, who knew that that would be a thing? <laughs> right. Sorry, mm. I stand corrected. So Beijing came up with a set of counter proposals. They said, "Let's get a seven nation army." Uh, to right. hold them back. Uh, Seven Nation Conference held in China, which would settle the Korean issue, settle the Taiwan issue, settle the issue of Beijing having a seat in the UN. Okay. Let's solve um, all of it. Let's, let's solve all of it. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Today yeah. we settle all Don't. family business. <laughs> uh, but the from Washington's perspective, this seemed like yeah. an unconditional surrender on their behalf. Uh, you, like China's basically saying, you give us everything we want and yeah. maybe we'll agree to a ceasefire. <laughs> so the US retaliated, uh, pushed through their own resolution where they called China the aggressor. They forced all of their allies to get on board and call China the aggressor. But Damn. Canada and India uh, kept talking to the Chinese, trying to get Ooh. them to modify their proposals soften their stance a little bit the u.s right. still refused to budge got pissy with canadia and india for sort of white anting the the process yeah. here or white anting the u.s's proposal by negotiating with uh china or, or having dialogue with china on the mm -hmm. qt Australia and Canada finally agreed to support the u.s plan but 
they've pushed them to modify their position as well. Uh, the US and the UN refused to admit it, but they weren't really resisting communism here or aggression. What they were resisting was the re-emergence of China as a major power. That's really, I think, what this was right. about. Something yeah. they're still fighting against seven yeah. years later. Well, not really. I mean, partly, yes, but they were just, you know, rejecting China's re-emergence as a power. <clears throat> they didn't want, right. you know, anyone to tell them what they could and couldn't do. I mean, that's... The, oh, I see. The US's goal, I believe, from all the stuff that we've mm-hmm. talked about in the last seven years, or six years we've been doing this show, the US's goal, right. uh, every hegemon's goal, is complete hegemony. That's the best form of defense is you mm-hmm. rule the world yeah. uh, with no, um, yes. no threats, right? That's always, and, and, and this, is, right. this is not a secret. This is written down in U.S. strategic documents, strategy planning, the uh, PNAC report, Project for New American mm-hmm. Century, um, et cetera, et cetera. The, the goal has always been global dominance, to not have mm-hmm. anyone threatening your global dominance, either militarily or economically or diplomatically. Yeah, no one's strong enough. Right. Yeah, no one's right. off, and don't allow people to uh, create alliances which could threaten your hegemony. It's one of the reasons, mm-hmm. you know, they, they keep the Middle East fighting each other. Uh, you got to keep Iraq right. and Saudi Arabia and Iran all at tension yeah. amongst each other because otherwise they might, you know, get together and then, then Venezuela yeah. might join the mix and you're back to the OPEC crisis of 1975. Oh, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, this is they can't allow for any local powers or, or global powers to threaten their hegemony. That just makes sense. Yeah. If, if if I was the world superpower, I'd want the same thing, right? Absolutely. You want to maintain nature. your dominance for as long as possible because it's really a lot easier to make a shit ton of money when you, you get to call, call the shots, right. right? It's good to be the king. It's good to be the king, yeah. It's good yeah. to be the king. And here we are 70 years later and they're still, you know, trying to fight China's emergence as a world yeah. superpower. After spending the last 40 years building them up as a superpower. Um, right. Then you're like, oh, it's shit. It's tricky. Yeah. It's complicated. Oh, what the fuck yeah. did I do? Right. Um, now, <clears throat> yeah. The part that I found interesting, you were mentioning those uh, those poll numbers a minute ago. What starts to happen as 1951 opens up is that there seems to be a growing divide between the U.S. military and their supposed political masters. The, as, as you were saying earlier, the, the military, is, uh, it, to a large degree, is backing MacArthur. Because if you think about it, if you're in the military, you have a certain mindset. You want to fight. You want to win. You want to dominate. You want to protect your homeland, whatever. Uh, But a lot of the politicians are like, well, this is getting tense now. This is getting ugly. It could be a wider war. We're talking nuclear weapons here. So the political leaders are trying, let's figure out how to get the fuck out of here. And the the military people are going, let untie our hands so we can do what we got to do to win this 100%. We can wrap this up for you. Yes, it's going to be bloody, but our job is to win. Please let us win. So they start to go in their different directions, which makes anybody who cares about something like democracy nervous because the military should just be saying, what would you like me to do, sir or madam? And I will do it to the best of my ability. But when you get to a certain level in the military, your job is political. They become politicians and they are fighting back and they are supporting MacArthur's desire for 26 atomic bombs. Mm. But... As we said uh, earlier, uh, you know, they, the U.S. government were thinking mm-hmm. about the ceasefire, thinking about some sort of uh, stat- return to the status quo along the 38th parallel. Right. But ideally, they want to be able to do that when they have some sort of position of strength. And right now, they right. don't. Uh, and it looked like exactly. a disaster. They could get kicked out of the tank. Um, but by February 1951, they started to think that maybe they could hold on to the tank. 
And maybe oh. they, they could go north of the taint. Um, so Never go north of the taint. General Ridgeway, who we've mentioned a couple of times, has taken over at this stage um, from General Walker. Now, Walker mm-hmm. died in a Jeep accident. That's um, right. Uh, just, uh, just, I think, like Christmas Eve or December 23rd, 1950, somewhere around that. He mm-hmm. was heading north in his command jeep when it collided with a weapons carrier from the South Korean army that was heading south and swung out of its lane. Oh, God. Um, apparently, Walker always drove recklessly. He was one of those guys. And right. he and his driver regularly pushed their Jeep too hard. Uh, you know, this is winter in Korea, icy roads, snow, mm-hmm. ice, terrible roads, narrow roads, bumpy roads to begin right. with. And what seems to happen is yeah. the traffic coming south was stacked up. They're going north. They're speeding. This truck pulled out. To see if it, see what was going on, see if it could mm-hmm. uh, shortcut the process. Bam! Oh. They slipped into it. Uh, right. Jeep flipped. All four men were thrown into a ditch. The other three lived, but General Walker. Oh my god! Died almost instantly. Now, the thing is, right. conspiracy yeah. theory time. Damn um, right it uh, is. Only one guy died, uh, and at the time he was about to be relieved. Mm. MacArthur had already decided to make him the example of the bad performance right. of the Eighth Army. He was gonna, he was gonna uh, retire him, replace him with someone, which mm-hmm. would have been an inglorious way to end his career. Uh, he was already fairly beaten down. Apparently, Walker, according to one of the books I read, he was completely dispirited. Everything he had done to hold his troops together on the Pusan perimeter would be forgotten. And instead, the wow. disaster up along the Yalu would be his epitaph. He would get his fourth star and ironically high praise from Douglas MacArthur as well, but he would get both, both posthumously. Mm. I was going to say MacArthur had him whacked, but you kind of covered all that for oh, me I anyway. I think he did. Yeah. I think it might have been yeah. a Christopher yeah. Moltisante thing here. There was well, an no. accident. But then yeah. one of the soldiers just reached over and held his nose, yes. let him suffocate Grab, to death. Right. MacArthur Do I hold like, my... whisper, whisper. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when we talk about something like that, that's an inside job. Do I hold my finger on this side of the nose or is it over? I, I can't remember what I've seen in the movies. It's like, hmm. You know, are you familiar? Both at the same time is how Tony is Soprano did it. up the nose? <laughs> yeah, you just grab the nose and put your oh, hand over no, the no. mouth and... Right, no, that's not what I meant. Like when hmm. when you're telling someone a secret, do you go? You know oh, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't oh, know yeah. which one it is. Well, one of those means I want to tell you a secret. The other one is the any cocaine. So you gotta. <laughs> that explains so much of my life right yeah. now. Oh yeah, my yeah, god, yeah. the looks I was getting. Mm-hmm. And the lines that you had to do as a result. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't. I, I didn't want to be rude. Mm. You know. Then so. it was okay. I've done all your cake. Now can I tell you a secret? <laughs> secret is. I like cocaine a lot. I love, I love coke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, Dean, so Ridgeway. So Ridgeway's in there go now. Ahead. Dean Acheson <laughs> late, later said, while MacArthur was fighting Washington, Ridgeway was fighting the war. It's pretty yes. good line. I like that line. I like, I like that. That's good. Um, yeah. Jack Murphy, who's a, a West Point graduate who became an historian of the war, wrote, If Ridgway had been there from the start as the 8th Army commander, there would have been no domination of the 8th Army by Tokyo, no defeat at Kunari, no oh. panicking when the Chinese hit, and no surprise that they had entered in large numbers. You would have had a right. command on location that knew the terrain and the, the difficulties that it created. You would not have had a distant Damn. command in another country fighting what was a very different and much more comfortable war, but not really knowing what was going on. You would have had no tricks played with the intelligence about the Chinese. You would have had grade A intelligence and you would have had a lot better cause division and regimental commanders a lot sooner in the game. Um, God damn. God damn. Yeah. That's so pretty harsh on Walker. The suggestion yeah, seems to be that Walker was incompetent that right. he he shouldn't have let MacArthur dictate to him what to do from so far away, yeah. and that if Ridgeway had been there from the beginning, 
it would have gone a lot more smoothly. Now, the flip side to that argument I would make is that, mm-hmm. well, when Act 1 has been such a disaster and you bring in a new guy for Act 2, he's n- not going to make the same mistakes, right? He knows what he's walking into. Exactly. Walker didn't know yes. what he was walking into. They'd all convinced themselves that the Chinese wouldn't attack. After they exactly. did, and in huge numbers... Ridgeway's walking into a, a completely different situation. You know, you don't have to be a complete fucking genius uh, to go <laughs> in and, 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 you know, right. take command after Act okay. 2, right? Okay, rule one, don't do that. All right, got it, let's go. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Don't repeat right? yeah. mistake. Yeah, 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 yeah I got yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. But maybe, maybe, maybe he deserves the credit. Maybe some of it is just the fact that uh, m- the mistakes had already been made. Right. Now, as I said earlier, China wasn't pushing hard either. Um, And by this stage, the U.S. State Department are even starting to come around to the British view that maybe the Russians aren't orchestrating (laughs) things here. Uh, Maybe China's making their own decisions and maybe they want peace. So, as oh. I said earlier, uh, oh. you know, there, there are some people in the U.S. that are starting to wake up to what's going on here. There are There is some intelligent uh, analysis happening. It's just not enough. Um, yeah. in, in the eyes of the Hawks, including MacArthur, the U.S. are just being weak-ass pussy bitches, girly men, a uh, bunch of pussies influenced well, by the Brits right. who are a bunch of pussies. It's- Yes. Um, and, you know, he he and the Hawks were all arguing that they were fighting the wrong communists. Oh, shit. It was the Soviets they should be fighting, not China. And this did become the dominant view in Washington that, you know, they were fighting the wrong communists here. Let's let's either get out or get it over with as quickly as possible with nuclear weapons. So we can go and focus on the real threat, which is the Soviets. The real enemy, yes. Who are currently trying to dig themselves out of two world wars. The western part of their country has been destroyed. But yeah, no, they're ready to, to fight us right now. So uh, yeah. So so during that, um, did you mention, and I don't want to jump ahead, so stop me, uh, uh, the, the January 30th letter that Peking sends to Washington. Uh, I did not. Go ahead and talk about that as much as okay. you like. Yeah. All right. So so as much as that's going on, so you're right. So as incredible as it sounds, as 1951 gets going, a lot of people start coming around to Atchison's thing about we're fighting the wrong guys. You know, they're just the puppets. We got to get to the puppet master, which again, as far as we know, completely not true. I, I don't think Atchison has any proof of this. I don't think he has anything tangible that he could point at, but maybe, and again, this is just my contention. I think maybe he's telling Truman what he wants to hear, but but that's just my opinion. So January 30th, 1951, Peking sends a letter to Washington. And the first thought is maybe, just maybe the Chinese like us are interested in a ceasefire. Uh, so in fact, there's a, there's an internal think tank within the state department and they start beating around the idea about, hey, maybe we could come up with something where both sides can save face. You were mentioning that earlier. You know, how do we pull out saving face? How do we let China save face? So they're actually starting to think about it now. So February 23rd, a paper is put out by the State Department by Atchison himself. And he's like, let's continue uh, with what we're doing. Let's not have an escalation, but let's also not have a change in policy in the Far East. And and Cam, I wanted to get your opinion. Did you run across any books that were giving Atchison either credit or maybe too much credit for stalling the Hawks, the more uh, warlike people? Uh, he wasn't so much telling them no because he couldn't, but he kept saying, "Well, let's think about this. Let's 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 not let's not move change horses too fast or whatever." Do you think he should get credit for maybe? a supposed stalling tactic on his part to keep all those itchy trigger, uh, finger triggers of the generals kind of calm. Did you, did you come across any of that in your reading? Well, yeah, Atchison uh, was definitely a major influence on Truman at this stage, who's the commander-in-chief. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he's advocating, I think, throughout this period that they should look at some sort of a peace treaty. They should look to mm-hmm. pull out, but they should try and 
you know, uh, uh, recover their position a little bit if they can right. and negotiate from a position of strength. But he's yeah. definitely one of the guys thinking that they should get out, but they need to recover a little bit of territory first. Yeah, because you got your pride. Everybody's got their pride, national pride. Uh, yeah, and and it's you know, it's also the domestic political situation that they've got to keep in mind. Exactly. Meanwhile, exactly. in China, the Chinese also thought they could win and they mm-hmm. weren't really trying very hard to negotiate a peace settlement that would involve right. two Koreas. You know, and again, yeah. understandable. You've pushed the enemy down to the tank. Um, you're like, listen, we're not crushing you. We could, but we're yeah. not crushing you. One hand behind my back. Yeah. Um, just please leave nicely um, so we don't have to do right. it. I mean, don't don't make me. They're they're holding back because, uh, you know, they don't want a nuclear war. They don't want to get bombed. They know it's an option. They know it's been hinted at. They're like, okay, well, maybe if we just let you go quietly, you won't bomb us. Hopefully you've learned your lesson. Don't fuck with us. But now you can go away. Go away peacefully. The new China. Yeah. 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 And that and that was interesting because in December of 1950, you're right. Peking was like, "Let's get this on." MacArthur's like, "Let's get this on." But as we get into the new year, both sides are losing lots of men. It's getting ugly. There's fear of escalation. And so, and putting MacArthur aside for a second, the Chinese and Truman are like, "You know, maybe we can figure out a way to end this without nuclear weapons." And everybody gets to save a little face. And so, there's those thoughts going on, and that's the beginning of something. Uh, but as we all know, this war is going to go on until 1953, so that's not going to work. But the point is, there's at least these inklings of, is there some way we can end this peacefully? Now, if China had really wanted to negotiate a peace settlement in uh, mm-hmm. late 1950, early 1951, they probably right. had a good chance. Um you know, they probably could have done something to pull away some of the U.S.'s allies, like the right. U.K. could have pulled them away if yes. they worked hard at it. But, you know, they they were holding out for the things that they wanted, seat in the U.N., yeah. you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera, the Taiwan situation, right. the Korean situation. Yeah. They held out on that for so long that by the time... You know, the, the there was a the U.S. were ready uh, to talk. You know, yeah. the moment had passed. Exactly, uh, they they lost their opportunity really to with a, to have a commanding political advantage in the discussions. Yeah, because the they were pushing the Americans back. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you finish. No, I, w- I was just going to say, yeah, because since they were winning on the, the battlefield, that gave them strength politically. But by the time they keep pushing, MacArthur's able to bring in more troops. They br- uh, they're able to slow down the push south. And so they their position on the ground wasn't as strong in uh, January 1951 as it was in December of 1950. And so, yeah, you're right. They, they missed their window of opportunity when they were – uh, at the apex of their power. And again, they are, they're not really trying, but when they start losing men, um, yeah, they've missed their window. Yeah. By the time they were ready to sit down at the table, the U.S. had rearmed, re-energized, uh, and uh, their will, the U.S.'s will, to really negotiate had disappeared temporarily. Right. Yeah. So the question, of course, is how close the U.S. came in sort of the winter of 1950-1951 to employ atomic bombs against the Chinese. Ooh, yeah. And the answer seems to be they came much closer than anyone really knew at the time. Right. Truman and his administration, you know, were sort of, of, of... worried about the, taking responsibility for dropping more nuclear bombs. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said earlier, the America's leading military men, Joint Chiefs, etc., were mm-hmm. very comfortable with doing it. They, they yes. not, it's their job. Yeah, not at all worried about dropping 26 nuclear bombs. Um, yeah. yeah, you got it. 
you know, got them there for a reason, you know. Uh, we don't want to unused, lose our men. Right. An unused bomb is a useless bomb, right? Well, that's uh, one way of looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Strange Club. Yeah. Strange Club. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <clears throat> Uh, but the military seem to have seen it as like a, a Dunkirk strategy. Uh, very in, in the event of a disaster, yeah, uh, we just nuke the fucking entire place and that's pull it. out and nuke everything. Exactly, yeah. they will be sorry they did, they beat us in war, which they really didn't because we're America and we're the best. But we're gonna nuke the shit out of. Them. Yeah. So, yeah, if they had kept pushing south, if Truman had panicked or if he had lost more seats in Congress, who knows what? But, yeah, I mean, and no one no one in America wants to think about that because we're the only nation that ever dropped the nuclear um, bomb on another nation. We just certainly don't want to think that we almost did it again. But there were moments, I'm sure, as the Americans and the other allies were being pushed back intensely south that there were moments, and, and we didn't really go over this, but there were several meetings by the Joint Chiefs about be ready to advise the president on how and where and when or whatever to drop the the uh, the atomic bombs. They had come up with several different studies, so it was being looked at. More than being looked at. I mean, I think the Joint Chiefs were yeah. convinced that that was... Eager. the It was the final solution. It, so if the Chinese the had pushed harder than they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the military leadership would have put more pressure on Washington, the right. political leaders, that we have to do this. And, you know, it's quite feasible that Truman would have caved in. Uh, yeah. yeah. But... He's no FDR. Yeah. 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 But, uh, well, he, you know, he gave in to them, dropping them in Japan. Uh, he may well have done it again. But... True. So, in a way, the guys like General Ridgway, who were able to turn the war around, even though it led to many more deaths in Korea... Ah, right. Koreans and Americans and Chinese, and, mm-hmm. you know, other allied countries, British, mm-hmm. Australian, etc. Uh it may have been the best thing because if he hadn't have done that, it's quite possible yeah. that it would have turned into a nuclear disaster, the whole place, yeah. which All met with many, many, many more people dying and the environmental impacts, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And if you drop the nuclear bomb here, maybe you do it years later in Vietnam when that's not going well. I mean, this could have set a crazy ass, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I just lost it. Anyway, uh, yeah, it could have a precedent. You said there crazy asses, I mean, and then your mind wandered to all the crazy asses you have tapped. Yes, <laughs> including myself. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so it could have been a dangerous, pre- crazy ass precedent. Precedent. Now, late in 1950, after mm-hmm. MacArthur kept giving press interviews that destabilized Washington's uh, initiatives, uh, oh, Truman gave orders that military person he didn't specify MacArthur but he that he just said all military personnel should shut the fuck up <laughs> and are not allowed to talk to the media unless given specific permission by me in advance right in writing in triplicate my favorite pen shut the yeah. fuck up yeah uh and MacArthur stuck to that for a couple of months, but then MacArthur Good being MacArthur. Yeah. When he started to get wind that they may be thinking about uh, a peace settlement, taking it right. seriously, he decided yeah. he had to intervene publicly. On the 15th of March, 1951, MacArthur gave a press interview. He said that he heard that Truman was planning on giving a speech, which had been drafted by Dean Acheson on the 20th of March. This was to Mm. coincide with the UN forces approaching the 38th parallel. So in the first three months of 1951, they had been able to march north again because the Chinese were retreating and not really giving much fight. The the Chinese were retreating north of the 38th parallel. Yeah. Yeah, well... Right. Again, you know, different interpretations of that. One interpretation is, oh, right. look, we've got them on the run. The other interpretation yeah. is, no, they're just, uh, you know, they're... They turned around. 
they turned around, they're going home. Uh, they figured that yeah. you've learned your lesson and they're going back right. now. Right. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> Mac got a memo from the Joint Chiefs. State planning presidential announcement shortly that with clearing of bulk of South Korea of aggressors, not us aggressors, the other no, aggressors, no, no. Not, not the not the white aggressors, shouldn't the slanty shouldn't even have to make that. Yeah, shouldn't yeah. even have to make that clear. Hmm. Go ahead. The United Nations now prepared <laughs> to discuss conditions of settlement in Korea. Strong UN feeling persists that further diplomatic effort towards settlement should be made before any advance with major forces north of 38th parallel. Now, mm. the speech okay. that Truman ended up giving, uh, well, no, right. the speech I think that was written, I'm not sure that he ended up giving it because of because MacArthur came out and scuttled it. But I did read the notes of the speech. I think it was a draft. Noted that uh, with the UN forces approaching the 38th parallel, the UN command was prepared to enter into arrangements which would conclude the fighting and ensure against its resumption. Here's one of the lines Mm. from the speech. The unified command is prepared to enter into arrangements enter into arrangements which would assure the ending of the aggression would conclude the fighting and ensure against its resumption. Such arrangements would open the way for a broader settlement for Korea, including the withdrawal of foreign forces from Korea. Right. Now, Mac wasn't having any of this pussy bullshit. Uh, right? When's the killing start? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. For Dougie Mac, like... Uh, he has some reasonable points here, I think. Like the whole idea of accepting mm. uh, a, a demarcation line of the 38th parallel, mm-hmm. he condemned as wholly unrealistic and illusory. He said the mm. uh, only uh, objective that he should have is the accomplishment of our mission, the unification of Korea. Here's what he said in his interview. <clears throat> As I have on several occasions pointed out, the conditions under which we are conducting military operations in Korea do not favor engaging in positional warfare on any line across the peninsula. Specifically with reference to the 38th parallel, there are no natural defense features anywhere near its immediate proximity. The terrain is such that to establish a conventional defense system in reasonable depth would require such a sizable force that if we had it, and couldn't logically, logistically maintain it, we would be able to drive the Chinese communists back across the Yalu, hold that river as our future main line of defense, and proceed to the accomplishment of our mission in the unification of Korea. Under the realities existing, however, we can and will, unless the situation is radically altered, continue our campaign of maneuver as the best means to neutralize the military disadvantage under which we fight and keep the enemy engaged where it best serves our own military purposes. Such a point of engagement will of necessity be a fluctuating variable, dependent upon the shifting relative strengths of the forces committed and will constantly move up or down. The problem involved requires much more fundamental decisions than are within my authority or responsibility to make as the military commander. Decisions which must not ignore the heavy cost and allied blood which a protracted and decisive campaign would entail. Mm. It's from the New York Times, March 16th, 1951. Yeah. Now, not really. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. In a, to a point, yeah. you know, maintaining that line would be too hard. Can't do it. Yes. Would not be prudent but, at this juncture. We're not going to do it. Right. How is holding the line at the Yalu River good, but holding the 38th parallel bad because there's no natural de- defense barriers? Is that what? Yeah, there's a river. There's justifications. Yeah. It's a lot of fucking men. It's a very long line, and you would have to have defense in depth. I wouldn't want to have to pay for that shit, but you know, if that did happen, America would be paying for it. Just like we're paying for the troops that are there now. Yeah. In South Korea. Yeah. Yeah, but he, like you said, he wants war. He wants victory. He wants Japan, glory. And in people Germany, are willing. He's willing to. Yeah, seven all over. Seven other bases. <laughs> right, almost eight hundred. But 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 yeah, he 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 would be okay if a lot of people died. He would be sad, but he would sleep just fine because he wants victory. 
Now, on the 24th of March, a week later or so, he issued his own statement on Korea. Again, sort of cutting across what Truman's trying to do. Right. He claimed that the recent tactical successes that they'd had proved that Chinese manpower could not prevail against the technical resources available to the UN command. Not mm. that they're going easy on us and pulling back, but they're a bunch of slanty-eyed pussies, was his uh, analysis of it. Yeah. yeah. And they got spears, so... Yeah. Here's, here's wow. a quote. The enemy must by now be painfully aware that a decision of the United States to part for, to depart from its tolerant effort to contain the war to the areas of Korea through an expansion of our military operations to its coastal areas and interior bases would doom Red China to the risk of imminent military collapse. Mm. Oh. And, yeah. being the thoughtful guy that he is, and, you know, always thinking about what's best yeah. for the Chinese, he said, you know, what China should do right now is just surrender. Basically, just uh, surrender yeah. right if now. If I was you, yeah. right. Yeah. Look, yeah. I know you pushed us down to the tank in about two weeks, with right. one arm tied behind your back and half your guys with spears. But what <laughs> but you should do is it. really surrender. This is your last chance to surrender. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's moments like that, that um, speeches or people like that puts the dumb in freedom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, keep your mouth shut. You, you take your, uh, your cue from your political master, but that's not MacArthur's way. He said... I stand ready at any time to confer in the field with the commander of the enemy forces and in an earnest effort to find any military means whereby the realization of the political objectives of the United Nations in Korea might be accomplished without further bloodshed. Mm. So, yeah, surrender. basically, send me your guy and up. we'll surrender. Mm. Now, God. what he seems to be doing here is trying to prevent the diplomats mm -hmm. from coming up with a diplomatic solution. Ah, uh, um, he's tainting the water, if you will. Well, yes. Yes. Yeah. Taint, you know, he's, okay. you know, his forces were down in the tank for a long time. And, right. you know, they, they brought water with them that's already tainted sure. from the tank. Right. Now they're uh, throwing it all over everybody. Yeah. And he's trying to make it, as hard as possible for Mao to negotiate without losing face. Because oh, now if Mao negotiates, it, it looks, looks like, like he's doing it because he's scared of MacArthur. Because his white master MacArthur told him to. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, MacArthur's not trying to create peace negotiations here. He's trying to get mm -hmm. the Chinese to just unconditionally surrender which now, they won't i went yeah. and read a lot of uh newspapers uh from mm -hmm. this time um early 1951 from the the u.s australia the uk on newspapers.com right and it's interesting to see how uh criticism of macarthur was being handled Oh. by the media, which seemed to support him. Here's, here's uh, a clip I took from the Star Tribune of Minneapolis, 31st of March, 1951. MacArthur mm -hmm. critics scored. Since his statement about peace with Red China, General Douglas MacArthur has been under strong attacks by a large part of the British press. This is not a unanimous British opinion, however, since two leading papers have hit back at his critics and, demanding, and demanded an end to the hounding of the commander of the UN forces in Korea. MacArthur has right. been vilified, declares the Daily Express in its lead editorial, because the communists want him vilified. It adds that they are leading all sorts of people into their campaign. Some are dupes and just plain foolish. Others are stooge right. propagandists who know quite well they are playing a deliberate Kremlin game. It is mm. time the hounding of MacArthur was brought to an end. It is time he was given the credit and authority due him. The Daily Mail criticizes MacArthur's verbal indiscretions but condemns his sour critics, commenting right. on MacArthur's announcement that he had directed the 8th 
uh, the American Eighth Army to cross the 38th parallel, the Daily Herald says there was nothing in his declaration that conflicts with the policy of its government. Uh, well, it sounds like those newspapers represent maybe the uh, the American people. Some of them are with MacArthur. Some of them like his decisive demeanor, even though I wonder if they know about the 26 atomic bombs he requested. But but again, he's a general. He's American hero. And they want this wrapped up. And I think, well, if we give MacArthur a free hand, maybe he can crush everybody and, and get it done. Some people are supporting Truman, the more nuanced approach. And so I'm not surprised that some of the newspapers say one thing and some of the newspapers say something else. But I find it interesting that some pe- some of the newspapers are going, no, we need to give this guy credit. We need to give him more power or control and command and let him end this. Yeah, and, and I read a lot of um, sympathetic editorials uh, mm. around this time. But uh, I, I found this one interesting. Uh, it's accusing anyone who's criticizing MacArthur as uh, basically uh, 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 Kremlin propagandists. It's the same right. arguments used today. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same arguments, exactly the same. Like if you, if you say, You're yeah, American. if you talk about NATO expansion as being one of the reasons, yeah. uh, the, the primary reason for Putin invading uh, Ukraine, you know, a lot of Americans will say, well, that's just, you're just uh, Kremlin propaganda, uh, you know, Putin's yeah. talking points. It's the same argument that's been used <laughs> since the early Jeez, days yeah. of the Cold War. If you, if, you, yeah. if you happen to agree with what they're saying, well, you're just a propagandist. Um, the Korean problem should be settled on its own merits, was one of the viewpoints uh, coming out of MacArthur. Um, Forget about the UN seat. Forget about Taiwan. Separate issues. Let's not confuse. Mm -hmm. Let's not muddy the waters. Let's not taint the waters. We've been in the taint enough. Let's just focus on winning the war and and everything else can get treated separately. Yes. Um, Except for he wants to start a major war with China. But yes, yes. Um, so he's not making any attempt here to give the Chinese any room to save face. He's right. making it more difficult for Mao yes. to uh, you know, uh, agree to some sort of peace settlement, making it more difficult for Washington to suggest peace. Yes. Basically torpedoing Washington's initiative to try and let's gain a little bit of ground, get up to the 38th parallel, which they've almost done. Whole fucking thing. Right. Could have been over by March of 1951 yes. if Draw line. MacArthur hadn't yeah. deliberately gone in there to fuck shit up, which is exactly what right. he did. Um, and then, to make matters worse, <laughs> Dougie right. Mac sent a letter from Tokyo to Joseph Martin, who was the Republican leader of the House of Representatives at the time. Right. Uh, it was a reply to a letter that Martin had written him saying, you know, what can we do to help, basically? Right. MacArthur replied yeah. to him, urging the Republicans to fight Truman and his position about, you know, uh, uh, offering a, a peace settlement to China and make let Truman, force Truman to allow me to use nuclear weapons on China. So... God. If breaching Truman's order not to speak to the media wasn't bad enough, if torpedoing Washington's plans that he knew about to suggest a settlement, he goes a step further and reaches out to Truman's political opposition and says, help me uh, uh, defeat the president's uh, wishes, you know, intentions on this thing. What's the word? Treason? Is that that treason? Does it smell like treason? Well, Truman's his commander-in-chief, so he's uh, deliberately trying to to disrupt his commander-in-chief. So, yeah, I think certainly in terms of change, I don't know, it's it's, uh, not just treason, it's... um, what do you what do you call it in the military? Chain of command. Yeah, what do you yeah, call that? Chain of command. Yeah, it's, yeah he's the uh, he's the number one uh, top guy for uh, the, in charge of the military, the the uh, supreme commander. So, 
chain of command is being completely destroyed by MacArthur and his ego and his desire for glory and victory. Yeah. Through nuclear weapons. Fuck. In MacArthur's letter, he wrote, It seems strangely difficult for some to realize that here in Asia is where the communist conspirators have elected to make their play for global, global conquest. Here we fight Europe's mm. battle with arms mm. while the diplomats there still fight it with words. If we lose the war to communism in Asia, the fall of Europe is inevitable. Huh. And so Truman fired MacArthur in April 1951. Not because right. he wanted to use nuclear weapons. <laughs> right, sorry. Not because he of them. not because he spoke to the media and torpedoed the peace settlement, I think. Really right. what happened was it was insubordination. Political insubordination. Yeah. He he started trying yes. to help Truman's political enemies and yeah, who were already doing that well. was yeah. Yeah. what led to his yeah. firing. But we'll have to get yeah. into that in the next episode. An iron curtain has descended across the continent. military buildup on the island of Cuba. The purpose of these bases can be none other than to provide a nuclear strike capability against the Western Hemisphere. <laughs>